Well, welcome to our Savior's Church yet again, and uh, we're kicking off a brand new series today called Mind Games, Mind Games, Mind Games. Uh, I've been really excited about this series. We're going to spend the next at least three weeks for sure. It may go longer. We'll see how it goes, but talking about the mind. Now, I wanted to start today with this. How many of you in here, when you were maybe younger, uh, played video games? Do I got any video game people? Like, you played video games as a kid growing up in the... In the Okay, some of y'all here? Okay. Now, I grew up in the 80s, so there was the best video game system that was ever created in the 80s. Listen, now, there's just way too many buttons. Okay, way too many buttons. My, my boys try to have me play with them. I just let them know, listen, listen I, I, I can't play with this. This is what I can play with, though. I can, I can, I can beat you on this right here. Come on, how many of you grew up playing this right here? This is, this is where it is, okay. Okay, wait, hold up now. I just asked if any of y'all played video games. Six people raise their hand. I asked y'all if y'all played this. Y'all, 25 people raise it. Okay, this is, this, is the, this, is, this is the real deal right here, okay? This is the real deal. This is countless hours of my life were given to this system right here. I mean, so much of my life was given to this when it, when it came out. And I'm going to tell you the game that gave. I mean, I, there, there were some classic games. And, and to be honest, at that time, we thought those games were extremely high-tech, I mean, like, incredible graphics. When you, get, when you get a game like this, I mean, this is the classic game that we have, that we, that we see, is this one right here. Come on, how many, how many spent hours and hours and hours trying to beat that Dane Dragon? Okay, this is, this is where, this, is, this game right here, and you had to get all the little cheat codes and try to figure out everything, and this is one, one of those. Listen, there, there was no, like, there was no, um, you know, starting back over. Like, you died? You go back to world one. Like, y'all remember that? And then like, you just prayed, like in the middle of the night, if you're like on level world eight, you would pause it and you would pray that your mama would not turn that thing off. Now you woke up in the morning, that thing was still there. There was no way for you to go back to it. And then I was really excited that when, when this game came out, come on, I remember, remember a little Donkey Kong. Okay, man, that was, that, was my, that was my jam right here. But then when this next game came out, it just took me from boyhood to manhood. I went to like a whole nother level. When this one, when this one came out right here, it's Mike, Mike Tyson's punch out. I don't know if any of y'all played Mike Tyson's punch out. When you kill Mike Tyson, you just feel like a man. I'm just letting you know right now. And you put him out and you put him on that mat, you feel like a man. And then I, I loved playing this game right here. This, this was my game right here, Contra. Now, I don't know, probably not a lot of women in here probably played that game. But guys in here, I don't know if any of you guys knew. Any some women there? Okay. Y'all, anybody know what the... Know, know what the secret code was to get 30 extra lives? Up, down, up, down, A, B, A, B, select start? Anybody? Listen, this, this, is, this is legit right here. I mean, not only do we think the graphics are amazing, come on now, you don't have a remote control unless it's got a cord, okay? It's got to have a cord to it. And then how many know that countless times people trip over that cord now? I mean, as always that was happening, uh, no saving the games. And then there was no IT department. I mean, now Xbox, you know, you call the IT department. There was no Xbox department. If your game froze, you know what you did? You took that cartridge out, IT, right there. Jesus, yes. We don't do that now. My boys don't know. Joel's got a VR now. I'm like, what? You don't even know. 
You have no clue whatsoever what we went through to play games. I mean, it's just a whole another level of playing games back in the day. You had to pray. You had to intercede. You spoke with the Lord. I mean, you spoke to your mom. I mean, just all these things that happened when you played games. Now, uh, I love video games, and not so much as much anymore, and then now my boys play them. I'm like, why do y'all play that all the time? Uh, that's where I was. But the greatest game that we've got to win is not a video game, of course. It's uh, the game that we play that's in our mind. And that's where we're going to go today because uh, the title of my message today is, Have You Lost Your Mind? Have You Lost Your Mind? Can we just be honest for a moment? When you look all across the world, people are losing their minds. People are losing their minds. They're losing their minds to fear. They're losing their minds to depression. They're losing their minds to anxiety. They're losing their minds. Based off of who's, who's in, a, in a political office, they lose their minds. Based off of certain things that are going on, they lose their minds. When we hear of things that are happening, they lose their minds. People are just losing their minds in so many different things. Last year, watch this, last year, the mental health hotline went up 900%. 900%. Over the last couple of years from 2020 to 2021 and now 2022, everything has skyrocketed when it comes to the issue of mental health. And so I said, man, we got we to talk about this. We've got to put this out there. We've got we've to speak on it because God's word has so much to say about this. Now, before I do this, let me just put out a disclaimer. I am not a professional doctor. The closest I get to doctor is Dr. Pepper, Okay. <laughs> That's the closest I get. I'm not a professional doctor by any means, and I, I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express, okay? So I, I know when we start talking about mental health that there are situations where people really do need to seek the counsel of a medical professional. Um, this series is not trying to negate the fact that you shouldn't take medication or go see a doctor or anything. Listen, if you need to do that, you need to do that. Come on, how many thankful for the common grace of medicine? That does help. It does help. Um, so by no means am I looking down on that or thinking that any people are less than because you go and get that kind of help. Listen, if you go get that help, you're not weak, you're wise. Okay? But I do want us to look into God's word and throughout this series about what God does have to say about the mind. So we're gonna to go to 2 Timothy chapter one. We're gonna really go to two passages today that are gonna be kind of our, our foundation, probably for this series, but also for today's message. In 2 Timothy chapter one, verse seven, you should have gotten some notes when you walked in and you can follow along with us. It says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and what does it say, and a what? Sound and a sound mind. Uh, and I just want you to hear me today that God's desire is not for you to lose your mind, but to have a sound mind. God has not given us fear and anxiety and depression. He has given us the ability to have a sound mind. And so for the next three weeks, I want us to dive into the word of what does it look like to have a sound mind. So if you're taking notes, we're going to write some things down today, okay? We are a note-taking church, by the way. would love for you to participate with us in this. I think it's, it helps for you to recall this stuff. And the first thought is this. Here's the first thought. The devil's primary assault is against your mind. We have a real enemy, okay? It's a real spiritual battle named Satan, the devil. And I want to show you what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. It says this. Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. 
meaning that we're in this battle that's going on for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but everybody help me here, but they have, come on, let's say that again. They have divine power to destroy strongholds. We're gonna come back to this in just a minute. And we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion. Think about this, these are all things that we think about. Arguments and lofty opinions, strongholds that are raised up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Paul is using some, some war language. Think about all the words that he's used. Waging war, weapons, destroy, captive. But it's not a military war, it's a mental war. There's a mental war, there's a full out assault on you and I. And I don't know if there's anybody in here, how many of you have ever felt like at one moment you can have your mind full of faith and then it seems like in just a brief moment you can go to fear? Anybody in here? Like you stepped into like, man, I trust God. You come out on a Sunday and I trust God. And yeah, I believe that God is who he says he is and he's gonna be faithful. And then Monday morning you want control again. Anybody been there? Full of confidence, yeah. And then literally in a moment, can battle the deepest insecurity. Like, what in the world? Like, I feel like I'm like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, what's happening here? Like, in one moment, I'm really trusting the Lord, and then the next moment, I can really be crippling in insecurities or fear. But the mind is a battlefield, and most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. Now, here's the question that we've got to ask. Why does the devil want to capture corrupt and control your mind. So here's, here's why. Write this down. Because your life is affected by the way you think, and the way you think determines the direction of your life. Your life is affected by the way you think, and the way you think determines the direction of your life. Let me show you. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says this. For as he, what? As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Watch this. This is what he's saying. The life we have is a reflection of the thoughts we think. If you don't like the life you have, you've got to go and look at the thoughts you're thinking. The Bible says that we are a soul. We're made up of a mind, a will, an emotion. So you think a thought, you have a feeling, and then it creates a behavior. So many people are trying to do behavior modification. I just don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be yelling. I don't want to make these poor decisions. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they try this behavior modification and don't realize that the issue is not so much with the behavior. The issue is not even with the emotion. The issue is with the thinking. And if we can change the way we think, we can change the way we feel. And if we change the way we feel, we can change what we do. So we've got we've to go back to the source. So ready? Here's the question. Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Are you excited right now about the direction that the thoughts that you have are taking you? Change your thinking, change your life. God knows this. We'll see this in scripture over these next couple of weeks. God knows this. But watch this. But so does the enemy. The enemy knows if he can get control of your mind, if he can plant something in your heart, he's got control of you. Because if he can change the way you think, watch this. 
If he changes the way you think, guess what he has control of? The way you feel. And guess what? If he has control of the way you feel, guess what he has also control of? What you do. So any of y'all look at something you do and go, why did I do that? Y'all look at your kids and go, why did you do that? Y'all ever said that? And they're like, I don't know. And usually, sometimes it was out of an emotion, but what they realized is that emotion was also out of what they thought. So, so the enemy, watch this, the, our life is affected by the way we think, and the way we think determines the direction of our life. So if the enemy is on an all-out assault against our mind, write this down, here's the next thing. So the devil's primary, primary weapon against you is lies. The devil's primary weapon against you is lies. This is what he wants to do. John 8, 44, watch this. Let's, let's see what the Bible says about this enemy that we are against. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth that is in him. And watch this. And when he, lies. come on, when he lies. lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Watch this. He is reverting. This is Jesus. This is red letters. Jesus is referring to the Garden of Eden. Y'all remember what happened in the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve are in the garden. The enemy comes in. Watch this. When the enemy attacks Adam and Eve, did he attack them with the sword? With a gun? Billy Club, you know what he attacked him with? A lie. He attacked him with, really, with an idea that he knew would lead to a false assumption. Did God really say? Is God who he really says he is? God, what, here's the lie. God is withholding something from you. That's the lie. And immediately, watch this. They, they buy into the lie, okay, which, by the way, a lie only has power if you believe it. It, it. it only has power if you believe it and you agree with it. If you don't believe it and you don't agree with it, it, it doesn't, doesn't have any, any power over you. But as soon as you line up your life and you agree with it, and watch this, so the devil starts shaping your thinking one lie at a time until you become a prisoner to deception, so I wanna, I wanna give you some, some scenarios on how this could play out because I want you to see how the devil works. The devil is an opportunist. What I mean by an opportunist is he's very, very clever to know at what point in your life you're most susceptible to believe it. Watch this. The devil probably for the most part doesn't really try to do a whole lot here in the service. Maybe he does here and there. He puts little lies here. I'm not going to say he doesn't at all. But, but notice when it's outside of here and you're not around this environment that he starts speaking even more. He's an opportunist. So, so let me show you some, some maybe some opportunities and some of y'all can relate to this. I just started writing down just a bunch of different scenarios. Maybe you were raised in a perfectionist home like with a father and mother who were just always had to be perfect, you had to be perfect, everybody had to pristine, nobody could show weakness, nobody could show failure, everybody had to be perfect, and inserted the lie of the enemy that you've gotta be perfect in order to have peace, in order to have joy, in order to have life, in order to have approval, here comes the lie. 
You too have to be perfect. And now you run a household that is exactly like mom or dad. Maybe you had a business that utterly failed. And here comes the enemy inserting a lie that says that everything you do will fail. And so because of that, you will not step out and try anything. You'll not step out and do anything you'll, because you've now bought into this lie that I'm just going to fail. Maybe you're a teenage girl and you're comparing yourself to girls on Instagram and you believe the lie that you're not pretty enough and that you need to change your body and that you've got to look this way in order to get a man or you've got to do this in order to be loved and you buy into this lie that you're not pretty enough, good enough. You see how that happens? Maybe you were hurt by a friend and the enemy took that as a moment to say, you know what, Here, here's the truth, you can never trust anyone. And so you buy into a lie, I can never trust anyone. And so you keep your guard really high and you don't allow any people in because you've been hurt and you say, I've been hurt, I ain't doing that again. And so therefore you create this wall and you've been living in this wall for 50 years and you're isolated and you're wondering why you're struggling with depression, but it could be because you're in isolation, but you could be in isolation because you're not letting anybody in, but you're not letting anybody in because you've been hurt by somebody. But because you've been hurt by somebody, the enemy lied to you and said, you can't let any people in. Y'all see how this works? It just domino effects, domino effects. Maybe you grew up in a home that was poor. And, and so now you work more than you should because you believe the, the lie that money brings security. Money brings happiness. Money brings fulfillment. And so you're like, I'm never gonna be that again, but now you've gone to the other extreme where you can't stop working because you find your value and your security in money. So you've bought into this. Maybe, and this one's a, this one's a really hard one, but maybe you were sexually abused and now you believe the lie that you're damaged and that you're unlovable. And so you let people disrespect you. You let people take advantage of you. You settle for relationships that are not good for you because you believe the lie that that's all you deserve. And so now you're in toxic relationships because you think that, well, this is all that I'm gonna get. This is as good as it's gonna get because this is gonna be my life. And you can see how that lie that has been implanted that now you have grabbed hold of has then begun to be lived out in the direction of your life. What we think about affects our life and how we think about it affects the direction of our life. Do you like the direction that your thoughts are taking you right now? Okay, um, how many of you uh, have seen this? Have you ever been like surfing on the internet and they have those pop-up ads that come up on the internet? How many of you despise pop-up ads? I mean, I despise pop-up ads like crazy. And the whole goal of the pop-up ad, watch this, that whole goal of the pop-up ad is to redirect you to a whole nother path. Y'all ever clicked on one of those pop-up ads and then you're like, why did I do that? And then it takes you on this whole rabbit trail of like, you're like, you know, and you're watching this thing. You're like, yeah, I really do. I, I do need that. No, you don't need that. Okay, get away from that. But if you've ever noticed on those pop-up ads, you'll be on one website trying to find something intentionally. The pop-up ad comes because it's trying to redirect you to a subscription that you need. You know, you need something for $99 and it's going to be good. It's going to be the best thing for you. And if you ever notice now with these pop-up ads, they've gotten really, really creative because all those pop-up ads have to have an X. They have to. But these pop-up ads have gotten so brilliant because they hide the X. I've spent 10 minutes trying to find the X. 
Like, where is it? Where is it? It's on here. I know it's on here. I'm like, they like, they like put in like a really like color that looks like everything else and you're looking for this and all that. But watch this. I want, I, here's why I bring this up. You can't control the pop-ups, but God always gives you a way out. God always gives you a way to close that. Get it out. Exit out. It may be hard to find, but I'm telling you, there's always an X. No matter what thought comes your way, there's always an X. No matter if depression comes your way, there's always an X. No matter what comes your way, there's always an X somewhere. God's given you the grace and the ability to find this. We see this actually in this verse right here. But I want you to write this thought down, and it's this. You can't control the thoughts you have, but you can control the thoughts you hold. You can't control the thoughts you have. I wish you could. I so wish I could. But I can control the thoughts that I hold on to. The ones that I'm, I'm like, this is, this is the one I'm holding on to. Second Corinthians, let's, let's go back to it. Look what it says. Second Corinthians 10, four through five says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. And we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, this word stronghold is a military term uh, it is used in, in, in the biblical days. A stronghold was a place that you would go to for security. If, if there was an army that was coming against you, you would run to the stronghold. It's kind of like a fortress, and it would protect you from all of the enemy that is coming after you. Now, here's how Paul is using it, though, because he's, he's showing us in a different way that not only is this a way to keep the enemy out, but an enemy can use a stronghold to keep you in. The enemy can use this. A stronghold is a mindset that rejects God's truth. I'll say that again. A stronghold is a mindset that rejects God's truth. If, someone, if, if, if you're struggling with an addiction and someone comes to you and says, God can set you free, and you say this, no, I don't think so. I think it's too much. Guess what you got? You got a stronghold. You got a stronghold. Man, your life can radically change. Jesus can change your life. No, 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 I'm, it's, it's, it's too far. That's a stronghold. That's a stronghold. Depression is a stronghold. Fear can be a stronghold. Sexual addiction can be a stronghold. Insecurity can be a stronghold. It will hold us bound to things. We won't step into things because we are rejecting God's truth because we bought into this lie. And this is a spiritual fight. And let me tell y'all why so many of you cannot win this battle is because you're trying to fight a mental battle with physical tools when it's a spiritual battle that needs spiritual tools. So, so I want to help us here because you're not going to win this by like, let's just think positive. I'm positive you're going to lose. <laughs> you're going to lose. Okay, this isn't a deal of like, let's just have some good self-care and let's think positive about our life and it's going to just replace all these negative thoughts. No, no, no. But Paul uses the terminology. Paul was like, let's just think positive about the Lord. No, you know what he says? Let's destroy them. That's my kind of language right there. That's what I do when I compete against people. Let's just destroy them. Let's, let's, let's win 
at all costs. Like, I don't want to lose. Let's win. Let's take captive. This, this, this is some pretty strong language. And I don't know if y'all see this. And I may, I may preach on this in the, in the coming weeks. But all throughout Scripture, you know Jesus keeps talking about not being deceived. Not being deceived to false teachers, not being deceived to false lies, not being deceived, do not be deceived, do not be deceived. Why? Why does Jesus keep saying that? Because you have the opportunity to be deceived. And if you think you're not deceived, you're deceived. So I want to give you some thoughts here on how we destroy strongholds in our life. This is so huge here because if you can't get this right, you can't get anything else right. You can't get anything else right. So I'm gonna give you three thoughts, three words actually, on how we destroy strongholds in our life. Next week we're gonna get into renewing and, and, and like the art of renewing our mind, what Romans 12 starts talking about, this, this process that we go through. Because how many know when you get saved, it would be awesome that when you get saved, you give your heart to Jesus, then God would just immediately give you a new mind and you wouldn't think any of those crazy thoughts. Have any of y'all been surprised like you got saved and then all of a sudden those crazy thoughts were still there? And you're like, "Uh uh-oh, did God know what he was getting himself into? Because here's what you need to understand. Salvation is a moment, but sanctification, the process of us becoming more like Jesus, is a process. So listen, if you're in here and you're like, man, I failed God. Listen, we all have. We've all stumbled. That's why sanctification is a process. You having the mind of Christ is a process, okay? And so God is renewing. God's wanting to do something here. So here's the three thoughts. Three words I want us to think about. First one is this. How to destroy strongholds? Recognition. It's time we think about what we're thinking about. It's time that you actually think about what you're thinking about. So here's, I got two questions for this. Question number one. Is there a struggle that you have let turn into a stronghold? Is there something that's been a struggle that you have now allowed just to turn into a stronghold? And let me me give you some areas that you can evaluate. Are there lies that you have believed about your body? Are there lies that you have believed about your sexuality? Are there lies that you have believed about money? We're never gonna have enough. So I'm always going to struggle. It's always going to be like this. God's never going to provide. Are there lies you're believing about your marriage or your relationships? Are there lies about your past? Are you believing lies about your future? And here's some big ones. Are there lies that you're believing about God's love for you? Are there lies you're believing about God's affection for you? Now watch this, and here's why this is so important. This is why recognition is first. You can't defeat what you can't define. You want to beat this battle? You want to begin to really tear down some strongholds? You got to first identify what are the strongholds. I've got to define it before I can defeat it. So watch this. Maybe there's some strongholds that have been passed down generationally from your mother and your grandmother or your father. And things have been passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down, and you haven't even realized that that is something that's been passed down to you, and, and you've, you've, you've bought into it. You've bought into that. And so what, what lies is there? Which leads to, here's, here's, here's the practical part, right? In, practical part of this message. I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to answer this one question. What is one stronghold 
that you can take captive this week? One. Well, I have like 50. Okay, one. We only need one right now. What is one stronghold, one lie, one thought that is the most reoccurring thought that keeps coming up in your life that, that you need to take captive? Now, uh, I have a visual to help us here. So I have some, some handcuffs, all right? Now, the terminology that Paul uses is that we are to take captive every thought. Take captive. So I want you to now start thinking through. Okay, this question right here. What is one stronghold that you need to arrest? All right? You need to, you need to clamp it down. It's been rolling around in that mind, and you need to go, and you need to grab it, and you need to, you need to put some handcuffs on it. And this is what we're going to do. This is the reason why we're going to put these cuffs on it, all right? Derek, who gave this to me, he's like, do you need a key? I was like, I don't think so. He's like, I'm giving you a key. I know you. So um, these are real deal. These are legit. I've never had these on in my life, thank God. Um, but I did put them on all my kids yesterday. So... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is how it feels. Okay, so <laughs> you never want to feel that cold steel. <laughs> so I want us to, I want you to think about this. Okay, get a mental picture of what are the thoughts, what are these thoughts that I need to, that I need to capture, okay? But not only are we going to capture it, I want you to see this. This is going to go to number two. Not only do you need to recognize what it is, because some of you have played it off as like, it's no big deal. Oh, like everybody in my family struggles with anger. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, everybody's just loud and opinionated, and that's just how we are, you know? We just tell it like it is. Yeah, well, you're a punk. <laughs> Sorry that I had to tell you that, but it's probably what they've all wanted to tell you for a long time. Yeah, you know, everybody's, you know, it's, it's, it's no big deal. You know, everybody struggles with sexual stuff in our house. Yeah. Why are you normalizing what Jesus says he's getting you free of? So let's, let's take this captive. Watch this, watch this. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take captive it, and then we're going to go to number two. Is, is we got recognition, and then we're going to go to submission. Submission. Because watch what this verse says. This verse says this. Take every thought Captive to obey, Christ. to obey Christ. To obey Christ. Watch this. This is what all of us do. We say things like this. I can fix it. It's not a big deal. I got this. It's all right. I'm strong enough. Hey, listen to me very quick. Oh, I can, I can stop. Okay, watch this. If you say any of those things, you're not submitted to God. You're submitted to you. You're submitted to you because the, the scripture we just read right before this says that, this is, that, that the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, meaning I can't do it, but, but I need divine power. I mean, no, that's something that God only has. So I need divine power. I need to, I need to, do, I need to go in and, 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 and captive, cap, take them captive. Watch this, watch this. Because your strength it's no match for your stronghold. So when Derek gave these to me yesterday, I asked him, I said, has anybody ever broken these? 
He's like, I've never seen anybody break them. I was like, okay. See, because so much of our life, we think that we can break out of this. If I just break out of it, it's gonna come. I'm gonna, I got it. Someone comes up to you, man, you need some help? No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And we've just been wrestling and wrestling with this stronghold for so long. And the Bible says, hey, listen, if you really wanna get over this stronghold, the stronghold is not you got it. The stronghold is we've got to bring this now. We've got to go submit it to the Lord. Listen, you can't defeat it with earthly psychology. You need divine power. So we go and we submit it to Christ, the one who has it. And, and, and Christ has given us a weapon. He's given us a weapon on how we do this. Watch this. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and and powerful, it is sharper than any uh, sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and watch what it does. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Lindsay and I um, love to travel, and um, my dad used to work for American Airlines, and so I used to fly all the time. But one of the things that I absolutely don't like about flying is, and I know it's important, and I know we need it, but is, is TSA. Anybody been through, through, through an airport and had to go through TSA? And if you've ever been, I mean, definitely since 9-11, TSA has just kind of gone to another, a whole nother level. And, and so if you, you go to TSA, I mean, now there's a lot more stuff. You've got to take off shoes. You've got to take off belts. I'm just waiting for them to say, can you take off your pants? Can you I mean, like it's, they're, they're taking everything off. Then you got to go and, and, and then you got to put all your stuff on the, on the little rack, you know, the, your, all your luggage. You got to pull everything out and it's got to go through. That's got to go through the scanner. And then you've got to go through the little, now, you know, you just, you go through the thing and you, you raise, your, raise your arms and it's got this like full 360 thing. And then you come out and then they're like, stop there. I feel like every TSA was like wanted to be a cop. And so he's like, Stop. You know, like this is his moment, this is like his moment, you know? And so they're like, stop there. And so I just, you know, I always wait. And then, and then they're looking at the screen and what they're looking for is they're looking for anything that, you know, could be, could be deadly or harm, you know, guns, knives, you know, whatever. And um, every, Lindsay and I always have this thing, like when, when one of us goes through, like if the other person gets pulled off to the side and it always never fails, Lindsay always gets pulled off to the side because she looks the most like a terrorist. And so... Um, <laughs> You know, come on now. Everybody figures a white blonde to be, watch it now. Um, she's got guns. <laughs> but what they're doing is they're scanning, they're scanning her. So I always, and I always film her with my phone every time. They're like doing the pat down and all that stuff. And, um, but what they're looking for is they're looking for anything. And we were in the, um, man, I don't even remember what airport it was. It was the most recent airport that I've been in. And on the wall, like when you walk through the TSA after you do all that and, you know, they finally release you, on the wall of like the TSA kind of like manager that's like sitting there watching everything, on the wall was all the pictures of things that they've captured. I wish I would have taken a picture of this. I mean like massive guns. Like what? Who thinks? Massive like machete knives. And then this is the one that blew me away. It was a grenade bomb. I'm like, what in the world? Who was like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> Honey, I told you, take out the grenade. 
take out the grenade. Like, what do you do when you go to the TSA agent? I'm sorry, I just, I keep those around, you know. It was, it's like it's a pocket knife. I'm like, what in the world? Watch this. Okay, the reason I bring all that up is because this is what, this is what happened. We, as Christians, listen, not every thought you think is true. Just because you think it doesn't make it true. What if we had a TSA in our brain that every time a thought came through, it had to go through the word of God and the word of God scans it and goes, ah, take it out. Nope, nope, bomb, bomb, take it, bomb. Knife, machete, get it, nope. But what we've done is we've literally have given our brain and our thoughts free access to have as many thoughts as we want. We haven't taken them captive. We haven't submitted them to the machine that can look over all of it and go, good, yes, good, yes, you pass, you pass, nope, go, you go, no. Depression, go, nope, fear, go, nope, that, go, nope, that, lie, go. That, and what we've done is we, we, the only way you get that, by the way, is this. You know why most Christians today struggle with, not, with defeating lies? It's because they don't put it through the word. If you don't know the truth, of course you're gonna struggle with lies. But once you know the truth, how many know when that lie comes in, that TSA agent says, oh, you gotta go. Depression, you gotta go. No, no, that, that lie's gotta go. No, I am fearfully and wonderfully made in the hands of God. No, 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 I am loved. No, I am cherished. No, no weapon formed against me will prosper. No, greater is he who is in me than he that's in this world. No, 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 that ain't, that ain't getting here. That ain't getting here. And I'm telling you, you've got to not only recognize it, but you've also got to submit it to the Lord. And when it goes through that, that, that TSA of the brain and we allow the, the, the lie to come through the truth is what it is. So here's, here's my question. So what's the lie? What's that one stronghold that has been holding you bound Here's my second question. Question number two, what is the truth that will actually set you free in it? What is it that God's word speaks about this? What does it say? Because it's not just good enough to capture it. I mean, no, then you've got to put it along with the word of God and let the word of God speak to it. You've got to interrogate and you've got to submit it to Christ, which leads to last, number three, and we're wrapped up here. And that is the word position. Recognition, submission, and position. Many of us recognize what we're struggling with. Man, I've just been down lately. Well, okay. Well, let's take that thought. Let's take it captive. Now let's submit it to Christ. What does God's word and Christ have to say about it? Okay. And then lastly, let's, let's look at the position. And what I mean by position, here's the, here's the reason why I said position. Because Colossians 2.15 says this, he, speaking of Jesus, this is what the Apostle Paul tells us, Jesus has disarmed the rulers and the authorities and he's put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. And here's, here's where, this is the best part here. Jesus has already beat Satan. Okay, you just need to know that. You need to know that. You, you, you're already on a winning team, okay? Uh, th this battle's kind of rigged already. You've already won. Jesus has given you now legal authority over Satan. 
So let me give you a, let me give you a story. This is a, this is a true story. I read, it, I read it in the newspaper. It was a woman that was in St. Louis. She invited her boyfriend to come and live with her in her home. Even though they weren't married, she, she felt like, I just, you know, I want, to, I want him to come. Eventually, her conscience kind of got the best of her, and she knew that she was doing wrong, and so she asked her boyfriend, I, you know what, I just, this isn't working out. I need you to go. You, you, need to, you don't need to be here anymore. And he refused. He said, no, all my clothes is here. All my stuff's here. I'm not going anywhere. And so she kind of let it pass. And a couple more days went by, and she went back to him, and she says, listen, no, I, I really need you to leave. And she says, I'm, I'm commanding you to leave. And he says, huh, okay, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm staying here, not going nowhere. So she finally goes and talks to an attorney. An attorney brings her in front of a judge, and she goes before the judge and says, this is my home. I pay for this home. He's here. He's mooching off of me. I, I know he's not supposed to be here. I want him out. He won't leave. And the, the judge um, gives her legal paper for an injunction. And so she grabs these papers, she goes back to her house, and she tells the guy, hey, I'm, I'm asking you again, I need you to leave. And she says, I'm, I'm not leaving, just not leaving. And so then she takes the papers and she slams it on the, on, the, uh, on the table. And he's like, what is that? She's like, read it, read it. And as he read this legal injunction that said that if he did not get out, that he would be put in jail, and then she looked at him and she said, now get out. And he cried and he whined and he tried to smooth his way over. And she says, I'm telling you right now, you need to get out of this house before I call the police. Well, sure enough, of course, he finally left because he knew that he had to go. Here's my question. Where did this woman finally get the confidence and the conviction to kick this guy out. It's because she had legal rights. She had legal rights. It wasn't just an attitude. It wasn't just a, she just had this inner confidence. She had legal rights. And watch this. The, even though this tiny little woman, she had more legal power than this man, this big, powerful, physical man. And I'm here today to tell us as we're going into this series that you as a believer, if you have submitted your life to Christ, listen to me closely, you have legal rights to take every thought captive and tell it it's gotta go in Jesus' name. It's gotta go. It's gotta go. But I want, you to, I want you to hear me closely. If the devil can get you to forget who you are, you'll never call on your legal rights. Listen to me. If, if you don't think that you have the power over it, you won't access it. But I'm here today to tell you, listen, you've got a badge, you've got legal authority, you have everything Jesus has, you have access to. And so listen, God wants to give you a sound mind. You have the position of Christ. And if Jesus, who was walking on this earth, could look at a devil and a demon and he could cast it out, you have the same authority that he had to cast out vain imaginations, evil thoughts. Hey, we need to think about what we're thinking about. We need to think about what we're thinking about. What are you thinking about lately? 
What lie has the enemy, maybe through tragedy, or maybe through trauma, or maybe through a hardship, and the lie has planted something in your heart and in your mind, and you have, you have believed it, you have taken it on, and now you feel it, and now you're acting it out. What is the one stronghold that the enemy has on you right now that you need to acknowledge, recognize, take captive, put it under the submission of Christ, and then understand that your position, that you never have to be bound to that again. Hey, listen to me. I speak to every spirit of depression. It has to leave in Jesus' name. Amen. It has to leave in Jesus' name. Anxiety and fear has to leave in Jesus' name. It cannot reunite in here. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. Listen, this fear stuff has got to go in Jesus' name. Because here's what I know. I'm going to end with this. John 8, 32 says this. And you will know the truth. And the truth will what? It's going to set you free. So listen, by the power of God, come on, we're not going to stay locked in a prison. That Jesus has already. Here's the beauty of it. Watch this. Is that if you have these handcuffs and the enemy's taken these handcuffs and he's put them on you. Here's the beauty today. Ready? Jesus has the key. Jesus has the key. So when I put these on my son this morning, I did it this morning because Joel was like, let's do it again. I'm like, this is demented. Why are you wanting to do this more? And then he was like, Dad, do you have the key? I'm like, nope. <laughs> You're going to church like that. And so dad came and unlocked the key. You have a good, good father who's got the key. And today, as you heard in some of these people that went, public in their, in their declaration of their faith, God has unlocked some things in their life. And I pray that we don't just continue to play around with things that are keeping us bound when God's given us the ability to get out of prison for free. He cost it. He paid it. And who's thank, anybody here thankful for it? I'm thankful for it. So Father, right now in this moment, Lord, we recognize that there may be things that are in our mind that has been some stinking thinking. The enemy has, has planted a lie. And so Holy Spirit, right now in this moment, for those that are here in this room, those that are watching online, Holy Spirit, would you just reveal what that is right now? Reveal what that is. What is one thing, one stronghold that the enemy has had over you? God, today, we want to take our thoughts captive. We don't want to be taken captive by our thoughts. So, God, I pray that you would help us today. Your word says, as we've just read it, that we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. And so, Father, today, I pray for freedom in this house, that we would submit these thoughts to the word of God, to the truth of God. God, that you would help us. Help us in this area of our life. The devil, you are put on notice right now that no weapon of lies formed against us will prosper. God, I just pray that over every person in this room. God, that Lord, you know what some of the next steps that they need to take. This is a daily process. 
I wish it was just one moment, we could just pray it and we could be done, but God, for many of us, this is a waging war and a battle that we daily have to continue to get up and take that thought captive and take the next thought captive and take the next thought captive. And I pray that you would give strength to your people today. Those who have been battling in the darkness, those who have been battling in isolation, God, I pray that they would come to the light. Lord, I pray that they would bring this thing before you because knowing as we bring this thing to the light, it loses its power over us. And so, Father, I just pray that right now over every person that's here in this room.